Hello, I'm Derek and welcome back to Coaches Corner. This is a podcast designed for professional coaches looking to develop themselves in the fitness industry and improve their one-to-one coaching business. So in this episode, I'm joined by special guest Frankie Clark and we look into self-sabotage when building APT business. So I worked with Frankie back in 2019 at Gymbox, but since then Frankie has left London, moved up to Newcastle, and she is now running a very successful PT business up there, as well as an online coaching business. So alongside her um, her PT works, uh, Frankie is also studying a degree in psychology. So let's bring her on. Hello Frankie. Hi, how are you? you? (laughs) I'm good, good, thanks. I'm good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. So Frankie, um, today's subject is self-sabotage when building a PT uh, when building a PT business and you know we started talking a bit about this the other day when we was having to catch up and I thought it would be a good episode. So let's talk about you first, give a bit of an intro into you, your PT journey, so where you started and then we'll go into you know what is meant by self-sabotage and then how people can get over that so let's talk about your PT journey first so where do you start um how you got into gym box your classes Mm -hmm. you've been doing and then everything you've been doing up north okay well mine's a bit of a scattered journey so um yeah I never actually thought I'd be a PT was never something that I set out to do um followed Mm. the kind of progress path of you go to school you go to uni and then you do something in business work your way up the ladder and then become like some kind of ECM member but um, I struggled with an eating disorder all the way through school from a really young age, about 13, 14. And when it got really bad to the point where I was in hospital a couple of times, um, I couldn't get help when I needed it. There was no space on the NHS. Mm-hmm. Um, wait lists were really long. Family couldn't you know, pay for anything. So my only option was a government funded um, scheme. And when I looked online, there was one about nutrition and exercise, which seemed very a hot topic for me at the time so yeah yeah, that was something that I did and that was with a company up in Durham Um, they like did it on behalf of the government and it was really good really enjoyed it but again wasn't something that I did as like work Um, so I went back down to London and was working in pharmaceuticals doing um, like HR kind of like advertising stuff and a couple of my colleagues when I were there were like saying how I was in really good shape and like can they come to the gym with me and I was like well I'm actually a PT as well so I started training a couple of people just on the side. Um, and that's kind of how it started. It was a bit of a like side hustle and I really wasn't enjoying my job. It was just not mm-hmm. me, didn't find any purpose or anything. So then um, I moved home to be with a boyfriend at the time. So we moved back to Newcastle and yeah, I didn't have a job. I was applying for loads of jobs, wasn't getting anything, tried getting into Procter & Gamble again, didn't get into that. So he was like, why don't you just use your PT degree and just try and mm-hmm. get some clients? So that's initially where it started doing like one-to-one PT in a really small studio gym that was a combat gym. It was Mac the Knife, MTK. Um, so yeah, I guess he's the reason why I got into that. But then as time went on, I realized how much I actually really enjoyed helping people feel more confident because it's something I'd struggled with mm-hmm. and le- started learning more about the nutrition. So then did more nutrition courses. Um, yeah, moved back down to London, met you. <laughs> got yeah. to know a little bit more about PT um, did two different gyms in London so I started off at Mob 45 moved over to Gymbox got really to grips with walking the floor and that's where I built my confidence I felt like that was the mm-hmm. most terrifying thing for me and then after that obviously lockdown happened and I just transitioned online I didn't want to give it up I did for about a mm-hmm. month 
and I was sat around doing nothing, doing what everyone was doing, feeling yeah. sorry for myself, no clients, no job. And then I just thought, sod this. I saw other people doing it online. So I just started doing it and it's just blossomed from there into mm-hmm. a bit of everything. It's like more towards life coaching now than what it is just PT, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So yeah. Yeah, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, you... it's a long journey. But when you moved back to Newcastle after COVID, you also started doing classes and everything up there. You was working at the rugby club, right? Or yeah, there. well remembered. So at the yeah. very beginning, I started doing Zoom classes. And then when mm. there was like that group of six thing where you're allowed mm-hmm. to be outside socializing with six, I was just sick of being online and loads of my friends at yeah. home were like, can you please do a boot camp? So I did that group of six outside and the local football manager. So I asked the rugby club, um, but decided that the football ground was better suited to me. Um, And then it just obviously blossomed from there. Like last summer, there was about 20, 30 people coming to this boot camp, all paying. It was all great. And it just slowly, yeah, became something different. (laughs) It's, um, you know, I do job interviews every week at gym box where we run the recruitment days and it's always good to hear someone's journey and there's always this covid section in their pt journey while i was doing all this then covid happened and then i did this and it it was it was so good to see how pts adapted and it was about trying to adapt and then finding being open to new ideas trying something new Mm. like nothing in me wanted to do a zoom session for a pt session but now i I still do them i love them it's just something you had to just adapt learn and add, and add your own spin on um yeah. and then you're right the way you kind of got into pt pt is a job where you get some people that go from school do some form of sixth form uni degree then get into pt but normally it's through people that have trained all their life started a career got people skills and life skills from that career and then mm. transitioned over to pt it's it's a job where um, it's not always like school straight into PT. It's a job where you go through a little journey, then you come back and choose a passion of something you love, and then you get into fitness. So, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. So then, um, and with online, you're right because we get a lot of people join Gymbox that say I tried online for a bit and I love it, but I also mm-hmm. want to have a hybrid model where I can still work in person as well. Um, yeah, where they have like a home somewhere to work somewhere to get clients from and then they do that alongside online where they have a bit of a hybrid model and I think that's the most common approach to PT at the moment and and that's what you're running right in person as well as online coaching yeah I do a bit of both so I mean at the minute I have uh, one-to-one PT in person in a gym then I've got access Mm -hmm. to a studio gym my online side there's two different sides of online PT for me so I basically differentiate them between online PT which is where you're on a zoom link with me or a secure network and the other one is your online coaching which is where I give you your programs and your nutrition plan and then we do calls to like catch up do a coaching call and that's more um around the psychotherapy side of things looking into why we have those self-establishing like things that we do and just identifying what they are so so let's start talking about so you've then as you've kind of grown got your client base become like successful you've also then tried to niche down a lot more and that's what you do now is that you've got quite a niche product and you've kind of got a target market that you attract now yeah I remember being in gym box and um, when I first moved over and like all the PTs about eight of them came up to me like what's your niche and I was like my niche they're like what's your niche I was like, um, I train women who struggle with their body image. And they were like, that's everyone's niche. What's your niche? (laughs) 
and I just didn't know how to fine tune it. And I think I just, I just didn't know because I hadn't had enough experience. Um, and I hadn't really found my vocation. So yeah, at the minute, I think because of what I've been through, I'm so passionate about people getting the right service. And I'm very passionate about people looking after themselves. And that's mm-hmm. come from my own therapy journey and what I've had to do for myself. I've struggled a lot with staying on track with things. Um, you know, like obviously I've had my own self-sabotaging behaviors and we've all been through going out with drinks with friends and then it just never ending or trying to do something and doing it all or nothing. So I've been really trying to home in on why that happens. And it just made sense. I was having a conversation with my therapist one day and I was like, I just want to be able to change people's lives. I've had like clients coming to me, talking to me about their situations, similar to what I talked to you about. And I can't help Mm -hmm. them. I'm not qualified and I don't want to step over that Mm -hmm. line. And she said, well, who says you can't be qualified? So then that's when I thought, I'm just going to do it. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, so I'm trying not to swear. It's really difficult. Oh, you, can, you can swear. Our members are fine. They're all PTs. This is a <laughs> podcast for PTs. Yeah. yeah, true. Okay. All right, well, let's dive deeper into that then. So, you know, so self let's talk about self-sabotage when it comes to building a business and things you felt you were doing and you noticing amongst yourself, because it's quite a journey mm. transferring to PT and building a business. And... PT struggle with so much that they're, they're battling mm. so much. I, I did a podcast with Jenny a few weeks ago on on imposter syndrome, which is you know um, an area where a lot of people do struggle, and and people either get that clinically or they get a form of that. You know, what mm. about? Um, let's talk about self sabotage and what you noticed when you were doing through your PT journey yeah. with Grana client base. So, I mean, easiest place to start is like, what is self-sabotage? It's basically yeah. something that you do to sabotage yourself from getting success. And it doesn't have to be in awareness. It can be out of awareness. So it's stuff that we do every day without even realizing. Like, for example, snoozing your alarm. First thing of self-sabotage, because you're going to make yourself tired. Little things along the way, um, but that can come in all forms. It can come in forms of action. It can come in forms of... Um, belief systems or communication. Um, There's also certain things like, you know, when somebody triggers you, if somebody makes you angry, it's not what they're saying, it's how it affects you. And and not having the awareness of that is then self-sabotaging because you will act in a certain way to defend yourself or protect yourself. So for me, um, one of the main things for me, I used to always be about what it looked like. I always used to feel, I guess that's part of my eating disorder background is I had to be perfect. Um, I guess... You know, in in psychotherapy, there's different drivers for things. So like if you don't have, so for example, if you've got a not good enough driver, you will constantly keep driving to get the best thing. And for me, I had a be perfect driver. So everything had to look perfect. Everything had to be perfect. So when things weren't going well, I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't, I would sit and try and figure it out, but marry that with, undiagnosed ADHD, depression, anxiety. Like it was no wonder that I struggled so much. Um, So yeah, if you can try and acknowledge what your self-sabotaging behaviors are, that's gonna allow you to build the confidence to not do those things. So like, for example, me asking for help when I first started asking you for help. And um, I remember there was one of the other PT coaches who was quite close to me and I would just literally ask them all the time, like, how do I ask this client this? Or, you know, I've had someone cancel, what do I do? And even just talking to other PTs who had so much experience, it felt like competition and I felt like I had to look perfect. But actually when I built the courage 
to admit that it wasn't perfect and that I was struggling and I was losing clients, that's when the other PT stepped in to help. And actually I saw them as mm. not competition anymore as, as friends and allies. Yeah. Okay. So asking for help, that's, that's not like from a therapist, that's just from asking for help to do the actual task you're struggling with. Yeah, I think I got to a point. So the first three months of any PT journey is brutal. Like there is, you have to be confident to just approach random people with their headphones in. And yeah. it is, you know, you really self-criticize and you think, oh, what should I have said? Or why have they just shunned me away? You get a lot of no's. One of the first thing I was told is you will get a hundred no's and one yes. You've just got to keep going. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard because you question, why did they say no? Why was I not good enough to be their PT? Or do they not think I'm experienced enough? And I didn't ask for help until it got to the point where I think I'd been crying in the bathroom and one of the PTs came in. She was like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I was like, I just can't seem to hold a client or secure a client. And we sat down and she went, ah, right, okay. And she was like going through different strategies that she used. And like, granted now it's not the strategy that I use, but at that time it's what I needed to be able to survive. And I think mm -hmm. one of the most important things to note in a PT journey, you cannot compare to any one for one, but there are different stages for different reasons. So there was a point where I was discounting services just so that I could pay my bills. There was times when I would adapt my service, not just the pricing so that I could keep clients. And as yeah. you go on and you become more confident and people see what you're good at, that's when they start to gravitate towards you. Like if you hit someone's niche, for example. Um, but yeah, that was really key in the first three months for me. Yeah. Okay, so then let's talk about then you on the other side of that, you know, the mm. journey you've been on and the momentum you've gained if you, as you've noticed you've been self-sabotaging. When was like the big change for you um, to get to where you are um, now? That's a really good question. I don't think there's one moment in time. I mean, there's a, there's a couple that I can think of, but everything adds up. So I guess for me, when COVID happened and things kind of got to rock bottom and that was kind of confirmation that I'd failed, even though it wasn't my job that I failed. When I started the online Zoom classes, there was three or four people turning up and they were all my friends. And it was just yeah. so that I could try and spread awareness. Like, thank God they were there for me because that really did help. And just having that to show the world enabled people to go, all right, okay, she's doing something and other people are turning up, it looks good. So when I started doing the Zoom classes, I think because people were joining, it gave me a sense of self-belief of like, I can do this. And it mm -hmm. very quickly grew to the point where before the second lockdown in the November or October, I decided to move to Dubai. And I had had enough of being locked in the house with my mum. You know, my mum had just had breast cancer. It had been an extremely depressive patch for me. And I just thought, fuck it, like I need to get out of here. So I did and I moved and I knew that I had that consistent income from my Zoom classes. Yeah. And being in a completely different country, challenging myself and just throwing myself in the deep end and still being able to maintain that online business and also secure clients in Dubai, that yeah. was a huge confidence builder. But had I not have, you know, positively critiqued myself for once then I don't think I would be where I am so when I say positively critique there's a thing called transactional analysis which people can go and have a look at and it's one of the most important things I think people do for their business because if you've got self-awareness of what you do and how you are and how you talk to yourself you can talk yourself out of it mm -hmm. so there's parent adult child in every psyche in every person 
Your parent doesn't have to necessarily be your parent. It can be anyone who's had an influence on you, but one's critical and one's nurturing. And you can imagine someone like your mum or your dad's either nurturing or critical, Mm -hmm. right? Your adult is very factual, like we are sitting on a podcast now. There's no emotion attached. Mm -hmm. But your child can either be a free child, like really excitable or really adaptive, which is emotional. And what I had been sitting in my whole life was the critical parent of you're not good enough. And then my child being triggered of, see, you are shit. Like, don't bother doing anything. You're always Mm going to fail. So over that course of time throughout lockdown, I've obviously been still doing my therapy, but those people coming to my classes and giving me that self-belief, I started to listen to them. And that was my nurturing parent and also an adult figure of it's really factual. And as I moved to Dubai, again, it was a positive critique. It was if you move and put yourself in a difficult situation, you will learn from it and grow. And that's what I did. I obviously came back and I had that confidence of, Mm. oh, I've been able to be successful abroad. I'm one of those people who Mm. can go and make a business. And sometimes you do have to have those cocky moments to actually believe in yourself. Um, But it's not cocky. Like you think it's cocky. You think somebody's saying, oh, I'm good at my job. It's cocky. It's not. It's self-confidence and being able to say I'm good. Yeah. I I totally forgot you went to Dubai. What was that? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that long. It was about eight months or so, wasn't it? Something. Uh, no, it was. It was a lot shorter. So I was actually only oh. there for about three months. But I was oh. originally only going to go for a month. But then the lockdown just kept getting extended. He's a stage, yeah. Fly in. I couldn't. I couldn't get back. I couldn't get tests. I couldn't. So oh, I just yeah, stayed yeah. the whole time. I was looking for yeah. an apartment, but the apartments were a minimum lease of six months. So I was just living it up in a hotel, burning money away. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot you went to Dubai. Okay, so then trust in the process mm. and noticing the change. You know, let's mm. talk about then like how you gain momentum, how you focus on self-love, how you focus on the positive side of talking to yourself and growing. Yeah. It's really it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Have you been yeah. there as well? And do you find it hard? Or did you find it hard? Oh, you know, I, I battle stuff all the time with like, with this with this coach's yeah. corner with doing jumping on podcasts thinking is anybody going to listen is uh what's the point of all this time and energy but i know the bigger picture of it um i i think if you teach at all you do um i, I think if you teach like i like i teach lessons every month so because i'm always standing in front up in front of people i go through my own battles off like is my stuff good enough is um yeah uh, is is this what people want to hear um, you know am i the right authority to do this and you know even i go through stuff like that and i've got nothing but results and testimonials mm-hmm. and pts i worked with um so we all do it this is the yeah, whole point yeah 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 Everybody who's listening, uh, and, 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 who's... and and ideas I have sometimes I'm just sitting there looking at. I've got two whiteboards here. Got a, I've got a to do list and a ideas board, and sometimes I just throw stuff on the ideas board and <laughs> like, oh, is this the way to go? Do you think this is a good idea? And I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. We all doubt ourselves, and I think that voice mm. that you have in your head. Sometimes you listen to it because it's the right thing to do and because it's protecting you, right? It's protecting Mm -hmm. you from saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or coming across the wrong way and ultimately Mm -hmm. sabotaging your entire business. But sometimes it's just a voice that really just doesn't care about how you feel. And there comes a point where you just go, shut the fuck up. Like, 
you turn the volume down and that's where it got for me I think I got to that point where I was just so sick of being so nasty to myself that I just thought I'm going to try it another way it's the same with people who come to us for PT right they get to a point in their life where they've just hit a rock bottom and they're like I can't do it anymore I can't be like this I need to find another way because it feels like there's Mm -hmm. no nothing else I can do and you've sometimes just got to do that for yourself if you're being so frustrated with yourself and your business you've just got to try something else yeah and you know the good old New Year's, um, New Year, New Me, New Me. The thing is, like with New Year, I, I actually do like setting uh, New Year's resolutions and, and making a plan because I I think it's good to look back on one your achievements of the year. If you don't assess yeah. your year and look how far you've come, because we're always developing, there's always so much that happened on it within a year, and you can mm-hmm. be really hard on yourself of. Why isn't this grown? Why isn't this where it mm. needs to be? Which I'm going through now. But also, <laughs> there's so much positive that has happened and it's important to always look back at the positives and then look forward to the next year of like what big things could be. And, you know, so I'm actually a mm. fan of the, the new year um, reset. New year, and, new me, and, new goals. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're doing there in psychology is you're resetting your adult button. So when you right. get so like by the end of the year when you're like, why am I not where I want to be? That's really critical. And it's your critical parent critiquing you, but then it's triggering your child that's, you know, emotional and like, oh, I'm just going to throw it all in or, but then there's this part of you, which is your adult you, which is like, I've put way too much time and effort into this and I know it will work. There's like a little light inside you that just knows. So when you are looking back over the year, you're going over facts. That's Mm -hmm. not, possible hypothetical futures if you look back over what you've achieved like even for you like building your podcast building your youtube channel you have got views you have got really good camera you've been able to understand how your systems work had you have started now you'd have to then relearn all those six to 12 months of information Mm. so it's factual you're giving yourself Mm. a really strong um dose of confidence because confidence comes from positive facts or things that positively affect you that you can't argue with so if you've ever had a client, if there's a PT here and you're worrying that you're never going to be able to secure a client, if you've ever had a client, you absolutely can do it. And looking back on what you've achieved with your PT business, even if it's just setting up your Instagram page, step in the right direction, you've got something, you can do it. Do you know what I mean? So then like looking back and trying to see your value, look at clients' testimonials, mm-hmm. transformations, and look at all those positive wins you've got for those clients. And be yeah, proud of them. literally. Yeah. Like I, if I sat and looked back at, I've had multiple knocks this year. Like I was diagnosed with ADHD and for the first week I felt euphoric and was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. And then the the next three months after that, so that was March, the following three months, it was this picking out all of my flaws and it wasn't flaws. It was like my flaws. It was the flaws of this thing that I have like oh I'm unorganized oh I'm messy oh I forget things you're constantly forgetting you've got a client at this time or you haven't put it in your diary and and you can feel like a massive failure like oh other people who are successful wouldn't do this every single person in life Mm -hmm. will have an element of ADHD but if I focused on that and if I focused on some of the issues I've had with my health that have stopped me from being able to train and therefore not look like a PT because I don't have abs I would be in this place where I would just want to throw the towel in and feel like nothing makes me happy. And it's really important that you understand that self-sabotage. And if you look back on the positive things that you've achieved, 
What a different feeling it gives you. It gives you hope, ambition, drive, motivation, inspiration, and then it makes you want to write down on your vision board for next year. All the things that you think are so far out of reach that actually in two years, you're probably going to be like, right, achieve that. What do I do next? Do you know what I mean? So, okay, so let's try to, not kind of sum up, but like let's try to give some people some points. So what would you okay. be like your, yeah, I don't want to put a number on it, but like let's just list some points of one to n- if you to notice your self-sabotaging and mm-hmm. then what to do about Ooh. it okay well i think Sorry. it's a bit much to say go to therapy because that's not the yeah. best journey sometimes and it gives you lots of self-awareness but it can sometimes open pandora's box um and people can't always be ready for that so i guess instead of just giving you the generic seek some help i think the first thing you could do is have a look at some of the things that you tell yourself whenever you have an intrusive thought write it down Mm -hmm. and you'll very quickly notice a trend and when you have those thoughts ask yourself is that something you'd say to your best friend and if it's not then we should probably put a line through that one on the piece of paper so that's first one Mm-hmm. Um, I think second, maybe, you know, people have mentors or they have business coaches or PT coaches, for example, getting a mm-hmm. second opinion can give you a lot of facts and you have to be really yeah. careful who you pick as that person. You need to trust them. And if you trust mm-hmm. the wrong person, then yeah, they are going to knock you down so make sure it's someone you trust but get a second opinion and be open and authentic the best thing i ever did was going to an accountant and giving him all my financials and being like i'm terrified i don't know if i'm gonna get caught for tax evading <laughs> or um i don't know if i'm overcharging or how do i track my income how do i not do bank transfers all that kind of thing which obviously you taught me um but not doing that I had this massive worry constantly. Um, so yeah, if there's something you're struggling with, write it down and who can help you with that, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else I would suggest. Okay, and then um, just just something positive, you know, like what, what could you constantly do to, yeah. to lock in um, positive self-talk? Yeah, people say this all the time. And at first I was like, oh, it's so arty-farty. It's never going to work. It's doing your gratitudes. It sounds so ridiculous. But if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is think of three things or even just one thing that you're grateful for, you create new neuron connections in your brain. It's a proven fact. Mm -hmm. And there's different parts of your brain that will start firing quicker. Like for you when someone says what exercises can I do with dumbbells? You could list a hundred, right? But when you first started doing PT, you could probably list maybe five or six and you'd be like, oh, actually you could do this one as well. It's a slow process. So when you do gratitudes, you're slowly training your brain to look at positive things and to look at the positive in everything. And I've just Mm -hmm. noticed since I've been doing that the last couple of years, even the shit situations, I can always pull a positive. And had I not have been doing my gratitudes, probably wouldn't have been able to do that yeah but the thing is it's so easy to be negative all the time it's mm. hard to be positive all the time it is uh, it's easy to find a negative in any situation if you want to you know like if people uh, it's the same with, like the people you hang around with um 
in past gyms I've worked in, if there's like a staff room, do you ever find sometimes people get together and just whinge and just complain? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. they don't always get together and just have a positive. But if someone wants to whinge about something, other people come over and whinge. And then it's just negative energy. It's just a waste of energy. And I always found, mm-hmm. like if we bring this back to PTE, PTs that are doing well don't have time to whinge. They don't want that negative energy. They don't want to complain about stuff. They're too busy to complain. But if someone's if something's not going right for somebody, they'll just start whinging at different stuff in the gym. And I think mm. trying to stay positive all the time is hard. So any people you hang around can make a big difference. Like I always get a positive ray whenever I talk to you. You know, you're a positive boost of energy. Likewise. Um, and you know, we don't really ever call each other up just to whinge and complain. You know, we, that's <laughs> we. Because if we did, you you know, there probably wouldn't be enough time for that call, right? You know, because then one of us will bring each other down, and there's a time for that, and there's a couple of people you yeah. reach to. But um, in general, it's trying to find a positive out of every situation instead of a negative is definitely the way to go. Yeah, I'm getting from what you're saying that you're talking about what it feels like. So if you're trying to stay positive, yes, it's hard, but why do you do it? Because it feels better than being negative. And if you are constantly in those cycles around the wrong people, you then don't achieve what you want to achieve. You're then more critical towards yourself, but then you're still stuck in that circle. So I guess, yeah, that is definitely something that is easy. There's a thing called games. There's a book called The Games People Play, and it is really interesting. And it's something your clients will play with you, your loved ones, everything. And if anyone wants to take anything away from this podcast, it's do your gratitudes. (laughs) Don't be self-critical and read that book. But the reason (laughs) why is because that book tells you how you get caught like a fish on a hook in those games. And it puts you on a drama triangle, like where you're either, you know, joining in or you're not. And you become when you step off the games and when you step off the drama triangle it's because you're in your adult self you're seeing the facts like this isn't helping me with my business Mm -hmm. and you start moving away from those people and there is a a huge sense of loss and grief when you lose friends or when you lose um, a certain close relationship that doesn't serve you anymore but actually what it does when people say it's creating a space for something else to come in it literally is to people you seem um not like a drama you seem really on your shit and you're doing well but then other people who are doing well want to collaborate with you because they can see you're not a drama and it has such a positive impact but you know being able to get off that critical and child state stops you from playing those games and then you obviously focus more on your business your business does better everything does better you then can stay more positive more easily so yeah it's a huge cycle i guess where it just keeps going so yeah Positivity so your, is key. Your degree that you're kind of that you're currently doing. How long have you got left to finish it? I'm only in my first year, so um, I've got another three years. So I do three years on two years on this one, which is psychotherapeutic counselling, which is talking through people's traumas and helping them reframe it and feel more strong. And then mm-hmm. I do a third year sandwich course, which is where I then do a little bit of neuroscience and psychology slash psychotherapy and then in the final year it's full-blown psychotherapy learning about the brain and all the wonderful theories that we have to then try to combine this with your pt to make some form of so everyone's gonna have a a client who comes and talks about something and as Mm -hmm. pts we can 
fall very close in that place of trying to give advice. But I don't know about you, every time you've given advice, someone's never taken it, right? And they just keep coming to you with the same issues over and over. And you're like, oh, yeah, like your boyfriend's like so mean to you or um, like your boss is so rude or whatever it is. Until you're able to give them the tools, then they're never going to change their life. And you can read as many atomic habit books as you want, self-care books. You need to understand why you're doing those behaviors. And this was the only logical reason. So if people want to change their life, they want to shape up, they want to... um, stop feeling how they're feeling and having these cycles of doing really well or not doing well that's where mm-hmm. i come in so it looks after your body and your mind and it's not like a, a routine that you follow forever it's you have the tools to make your own decisions with your life so yeah i'm really excited about it and i'm hoping that i can like speed up my course because i'm like dying yeah. to do it now yeah. like i have sign off for certain things i can work with certain people for certain things yeah. But anything that's like deep, deep trauma, um, yeah. I can't do. You need to wait. You need to wait a bit longer. Right. Yeah. Very good. Um, how do people find you, Frankie? What's your Instagram? What's oh, your TikTok? I you meant, like, find me in, like, <laughs> do they like you? Do they not? I was like, well, I hope <laughs> everyone likes me. No, not everyone likes me. Uh, yeah. So my Instagram is Frankie G Clark. My YouTube is Frankie G Clark. That's not really too much fitnessy. I've stopped doing that. Um, and then. Uh, my TikTok, also Frankie G. Clark. That's a montage of just me being me. So there's lots of PT yeah. stuff on there, but there's also just fun stuff, my personality, etc. Fun stuff such as you singing live at, um, on, the, <laughs> I, on the Channel 4 show. Uh, what was that one? Yeah. What was that show called again? Was... I Can See Your Voice. I Can See Your Voice with Jimmy yeah, Carr. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. How yeah, did you Jimmy get on Carr, that? Amanda Holden. <laughs> oh, who else was there? Paddy McGuinness was hosting it. Tony Hadley was the one, you know, the guy who goes, gold, always believing yeah, yeah. yourself, that guy. Um, so actually, I was <laughs> I was scouted for Love Island twice and turned it down because I was in relationships. And then the third time, I just said, no, like I didn't get on it last time. Like I, I know I'm in a relationship. I've just, I basically got cast for it when I met Andy, who's my right. now partner who I'm living with. But at the time we just started dating. So I was like, not worth it. Um, so probably going to love said, well, what about this? wouldn't have been the best idea. I know, can you imagine? I was yeah, like, I'll oh. I'll be back in a few weeks. <laughs> See you when I'm, when I'm out on the outside. Um, yeah, no, so she said, well, if you don't want to do Love Island, um, I know you sing, so do you want to do a singing program? And I was like, absolutely. So she cast me mm. for that and we did like loads of Zoom calls because it was still kind of covid Um Yeah, that was really good fun. I've just had a couple more singing stuff come through, so... I mean, Ooh. what was a hobby is now starting to turn into something else, which is something really else, exciting. Yeah. Well, fair play for getting on stage and singing live and, and having that amount of pressure. Fair play to you. Do you know what, though? Do you know what helped me with it? Walking the gym floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can walk the gym floor, your nails, nothing will you face you after that. You will not fear anything ever again if you can nail that. That's so true. <laughs> Right, Frankie, um, thanks for coming on. Um, I'll, I'll put your Instagram and everything just in the tags around the podcast. So give Frankie a follow, follow our journey. If you've got any questions about anything we covered, then yeah, just reach out to Frankie and I'm sure she'll answer him. And if you, yeah, especially if you've been on a similar journey to Frankie, then please just drop her a message. Right, guys, thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, thank you for being on, Frankie. And yeah, I'll be back an, uh, next week with another podcast. Um, wherever you've been watching this if you're watching on YouTube and you'd like these sort of episodes then please give it a 
like and subscribe and then if you listen on spotify then please save the channel just so you can see other episodes as they come up right thanks for watching and listening guys thanks for being on frankie and yeah i'll see you guys next week